Welcome to Becoming Ultimate Coach. I am the Jock and this is the Doc. And with our combined experience in fitness and psychology, we're here to help you become the ultimate coach. Today, we're breaking down cognitive biases and how this affects your clients and your business. So, Dr. J, why is it important for people to understand cognitive biases? Well, the first thing is we use them on the daily. So cognitive biases are really helpful in the sense that they really give us like these mental shortcuts for interpreting and thinking about things. The challenge with them though is that um, when we tend to use those, we also can oftentimes be less rational in our thinking because we already think we understand something. So we're using this shortcut to interpret things and and when somebody's talking, be like, oh yeah, 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 I know what they're talking about. And, or when they are um, provided with stimulus, they're just like, yeah, 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 I understand that information. And it allows your brain to quickly filter through things. But again, when we do that and new information or information in a different way is presented, we may not be processing or hearing it because of our cognitive biases. And that's where it can really affect us um, professionally and personally. Yeah, and I'm willing to bet there's several out there that you've already heard of. Like I would say one of the most common one is like the bandwagon effect. And you know, we live here in Columbia, Missouri and the Kansas City Chiefs just won a Super Bowl. So it's like one of those like the bandwagon, like there's a lot more people recently that like the Chiefs because they're, they're doing well. I would say another one that's very common um, that I hear a lot is, is confirmation bias. Yeah. So we, we, um, we find something that we believe is true and we start doing our research on this and we start looking and we find more things that line up with that. So it kind of affirms our confirmation. Or you're having a conversation with somebody and whatever you say, they interpret in the way that they want to hear it and make a decision based on that confirmation bias. Absolutely. Yes, very familiar with it in my world. And so today we're going to break down and we have a two part series. This is part one. Um, we're going to break down three different ones, um, ones that I wasn't as familiar with that Dr. J brought to my attentions. And so I think it'd be super important for you guys to, to learn and, and think about how to use these in your daily practice. So. Number one, status quo effect. What is that and how does that affect us working with clients in our business? Well, as a reminder, most of us understand kind of this term status quo, yep. meaning like the same thing over and over again. It's just kind of like what we're familiar with and things like that. So status quo bias is really when I keep repeating, when someone keeps repeating their habits or behaviors or keeps doing the same thing over and over again, even when it's no longer serving them. So and when we think about it in health and fitness, you know, you can think about it in regards to if you have a client that's constantly like, yeah, I keep coming home and then I get in the pantry and then I have this to eat. Or when I go out with my friends, I end up ordering more drinks than I want to or whatever it is, is that, or we're staying in the same job or we're doing anything that just no longer serves us, but we're sticking with that because it's familiar to us and it's comfortable. Yeah, and I think a way for you to think of this as a, as a coach and trainer and gym owner is a lot of times we, we have that own status quo. A lot of times we think it's like, oh, it's just our clients, they're stuck in this mindset. But some of that can be with how we train people, the, the education that we had. Because I see a lot of coaches that have, you know, they learn their, their they went to college, they, they got a degree, they, they did some certified personal training, and they're just kind of doing that. But really, there's, there's so much to learn in this field. So instead of having that the same kind of status quo of like, I'm doing the same thing, of, of this continuous learning and, and improving your skill set so that you can offer more for clients. And it's also a way for us to think about with clients on, you know, really giving them some more grace because for them to break that habit, you know, a good example is I had a client that recently, um, she's switching jobs. And I'm like, this is a perfect time to like 
change up how you're doing many things. So thinking of like, okay, when am I gonna get in my yoga sessions? When am I gonna get in my training? When am I gonna do some, some meal prep? When am I gonna get in my walks? These different things. So when you have clients that have these major things in their life, and we, a lot of times we see that in, in different stages in people's lives, so figuring out like, this is a great time to, to kind of change up that pattern. Yeah, and you can also think about it as like, although change can sound exciting, by and large as people, we don't love yeah. change just for change's sake. And, or we don't love it in all areas of our lives. There might be certain areas that we love it, like, oh, I got a new piece of clothing, or I'm going on a new trip, and some people may really flourish under that. But a lot of change on the daily just sounds overwhelming, and people are more comfortable with structure and familiarity. So when you're thinking about your clients, or even the way that you're talking to your clients, understanding that, although it is just clear as a bell to you that this is not working for them and they're even owning that it's not working, but then the next week and the next week and the next week when I'm talking about it, they're still stuck in that. And it's because it feels very uncomfortable to get out of that familiar routine and therefore I'm going to default to what feels safe and comfortable even if it upsets me over time or isn't serving my goals. And so that's when we always talk about like thinking about breaking things down into small doses instead of big doses. Yeah. So jumping on to number two, unit bias. Yeah, this is, um, and bear with me, bigger is not always better, but the assumption is that it is. So unit bias is really about in assuming that more is better or the whole unit, whatever that unit is. If I'm going to eat a thing of cookies, the whole box is better than just a few of them as an extreme example. But it's really about this, this notion of if I don't do it all, it's not of value. And so when you think about that, it makes total sense why Whole30 diets or 30-day challenges or 75 hard or anything that um, I'm, tomorrow I'm done with carbs, I'm drinking all my water, no more alcohol, da-da-da-da-da. You see people jump in like all in. And it's because the assumption is, is that if I do just a little bit and I don't do all of the changes at once, then it won't make an impact. Nope. And that's what that unit bias is. So when you think about that with clients and even your business, what you jump into, you can kind of go, oh, okay, this is what's going on there. Yeah, and this is a big one I see with a lot of clients that are coming in that are like, I want to do Whole30, I want to do 75 Hard, I want to go uh, vegan. And and really, there's a lot of these different programs, there's, there's pieces of it that are beneficial. Yep. It just doesn't sound as sexy. Like they want this all-in kind of deal. And that's what we see uh, a lot in the industry, it's just all-in and then all-out. And what we see is that is not great for long-term. And that's why we talk about this, this minimal effective dose. And really that's our, our job as, as coaches, as, as being this guide on them, to help them understand that they don't have to do this extreme thing to get what they want. And really, they're not gonna get what they want anyway. It's gonna be more of a quick change and a quick change back. So we can really do that. Uh, another way to think about this as, as more of your business is, I see a lot of coaches out there that they're, they're, they're personal trainers right now, and they're like, well, I'm either gonna be a personal trainer and my next step is to be a gym owner. And so it's like this all in, like I'm, yeah. I'm either a trainer and my only next step is a gym owner. But there's, there's so many different things that you can do in the field to advance where you're at, whether it's like being a head trainer at the facility or you know, just opening your, you know, your own like kind of private wellness you know, type coaching. You can do some education stuff. There's, there's so many different avenues with that. It's not necessarily this open of the gym because, you know, we just hit 13 years in uh, in Columbia, Missouri for, for my partner Nate and I owning our facility. And we've seen a lot of gyms open and close because of that mindset. And these guys are that open these gyms, and I know several of them, they're really good trainers and they could have they could, made it very successfully working at other places. 
but just using that, that kind of unit bias of like, I have to go all in to open my own place, and it didn't really work out. Yeah, and, and that's really an example of how we define progress. Oh. And so again, is um, and we've talked about this, whether it's with clients or as, as a business or career, is maintenance progress. It is if you yeah. think about, like, let's take clients and weight, right? The, the average stats for, at least in, in America, right, is that people are gaining several pounds a year minimum. Like, that's the average. So if you're not gaining any weight, you're actually making progress compared to the typical trajectory. And, and so it's also, or if you're making small changes of little bits of progress, that's still progress. But we have, especially in our culture, this mindset that progress is this big thing. Same thing with career. I'm not progressing my career unless I own my own gym. And to your point, you can add other services, you can diversify, you can really be unique. And that's an amazing way to do progress. But if you, again, if you look at marketing, if you look at those things, we as an industry aren't really great at um, thwarting the unit bias because we do have these like if you're you know if you're not committed then you're not no gains you know no pain no gains it's just all of that kind of language it rhymes it's great burn but, the boats yeah so whatever that means but anyway um, <laughs> you know you know what it means <laughs> okay I'll take your word for it that it's relevant I'll explain here. it to her later okay Jeez, all right okay. moving on number three the spacing effect what is that? Do you know what that one is? <laughs> Something that you don't understand <laughs> at all. But yes, I do know what it Give is. Give her little bits of information. Yes, just little bits. Um, so it's moderation, right? It, it's taking small changes, and it's really related to the fact that small changes is how we learn best. And so thinking about that, and we've talked a lot about this minimal effective dose, things like that. When you're working with your clients, having those small incremental changes really helps build tiny habits on top of next habits, habit stacking, things like that, and as well as even in business and in your career. Um, you can acquire you know, all the certs that there are professionally, but how are you making small movements um, towards that? Yeah, and the way to think about this with clients is, and this is why we like to have you know, 15 minute um, sessions with clients going over their, their 360 wellness is because we don't need hour long times because one, you know, we just don't want them talking about you know, their feelings the whole time. Nobody wants that. Um, and, and two, we <laughs> just can't handle it. We but... just choose not to. We just want to give them enough information that they can make that small change. And so really what we talk about is like, you know, one to two changes, you know, during those sessions so that they can implement that. Because we see this so many times with coaches in a, you know, during a 30 minute session, a workout session, they'll give them like five or six different things to do. And like, they don't really incorporate or understand or comprehend all those different things. So um, giving, spacing things out when you're giving information. And I know this is difficult and, and it's recently when we, we taught a, a group, there was a couple of young trainers and they're like, you know, I just got done with their education. They felt like they had to give so much. And we're yeah. talking about like, they'll actually do better if you give them less. Over time, you might be able to give them a lot of your knowledge, but like in each session, just give them like one nugget to build onto. The other thing with um, thinking about your own education is, you know, I, I know some guys that like, you know, month after month, they're going to a different certification or they're taking a different one online or something like that. But I think there has to be some of this spacing of like, okay, you're learning something, then you're trying to apply it in the practical real world. And, and the beauty of that is that it actually creates better, you know, questions for the next thing that you do learn. So if you're just constantly learning all these different information and you're not really spending the time to apply it and you're spacing it out, it's, it's really hard to like fit it into your practice. 
So when you're working with your clients or, or, or even with yourself in the knowledge, like trying to space things out a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. We've talked about this before. It's like acquisition. I'm acquiring information, but then I need to work towards fluency and yeah. automaticity in my implementation of it. And the other thing is, you know, and, and we're real bullish on this, like in, in when we train people and the courses that we've developed, all of those types of things, is that the minimal effective dose, but also the healthy behavior and what that means. And we really talk a lot about that healthy behavior is on a continuum. And so even with the spacing effect, helping people understand that small changes will move them along that continuum and they don't have to go from what they think is a completely unhealthy behavior to the most extreme, perfect, healthy behavior. But there's that continuum and just shifting along that continuum in those small amounts can actually have major wins towards some of their goals. Yeah. So as we wrap up here, just remember, cognitive biases is something, as Dr. J said earlier, that we're already using. It's our shortcut to get to answers quicker. But the, the better we understand all the different ones out there, the better we're going to recognize um, how to actually speak to our clients, how to market, how to sell, and also know when we're not being the most logical because we're using one of these biases. So it's super important to kind of understand these and start putting them into practice. Yeah, and we're going to do some other episodes on more biases, but you know, we love doing this because we like thinking about this and sharing this information. So if you have some biases or just certain things where it occurs to you like, hey, is this kind of a bias or how would you play around with this or just something you want us to talk about, feel free to drop us a note on our social media or on our Healthy Behavior Institute, um, you know, setups and, and just let us know what you want us to talk about or what we can further explore. Good wrap up. Thanks. See you next time. <laughs>